Okay, I would like to make an official complaint. About me? No, I love you. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> that so you know how a lot of the bl actors just um well especially the bl actors they have fan clubs yeah fan support yeah um and a lot of times they're based in thailand Mm. but then there's international Mm. fan clubs as well that are popping up but the problem is is that when they say they're an international fan club america's not part of that oh to i'm i'm learning that the mentality of people who live in asia is that um, Asia is international and not worldwide. Oh, we're worldwide. We're, we're, we're worldwide. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I realized it's like an international fan club popped up for a BL actor that I like. And mm. I was like, hi, does this include America? Because we don't have stuff like this in America. So we have yeah. no idea. Like, It's like, you know, just like watching this stuff from afar and being like, yay, us too. You know, yeah. waves our flag from across the pond. Yeah. And um, the, they never responded. And someone else was like, yeah, I'd like to know too. And, and um, But then one day they were posting like, oh, yeah, they're, la- the, they're launching this hashtag to support this actor. And they listed all the times that uh, interna- international, quote unquote, fans could join. But it was all Asian countries. Oh. And I was like, all right, Western world, next. <laughs> so, um, but then the problem is, is like, there's a part of me that's like, well, I'm going to start my own fan club. But this is so... Not, I'm going on at such a tangent, but this is so, like, not part of our culture that I wouldn't even know where to begin to do this kind of thing. I also feel like it would be a lot of work. Yeah, that too, so I don't want to do that. You have to be, like, like, constantly in the know. Yeah, like, this is a culture that we don't have that I would love to be a part of, and I can't. (laughs) It was interesting that you say that, because whereas I do feel like uh, I follow a lot of international fan clubs, and they do oftentimes post in English, but I have noticed that a lot of the times they'll be... Like, um, like, uh, Filipino or this or that or something, you know? Um, so I, I was actually thinking, have I come across a fan club based in the U.S.? No. And I don't think I have, <laughs> but I've never thought about it until you just said that. Yeah. I was, I was, uh. I'm not upset because a lot of the stuff they post is in English so now I can understand what's going on, <laughs> but I am kind of sad that it's like. I'm just imagining, like, you know how a lot of the times they'll, like, uh, work to get, uh, like, birthday gifts and stuff like that out? Mm-hmm. It'd be, like, <laughs> your birthday gifts from America. <laughs> America, Canada, Mexico. I love you out here. Or, like, uh, little side of the world. We're so far. We are too far away. We're awake. They're asleep. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Maybe that's why. They're, like, they're sleeping when this hashtag is going on. I don't underestimate how crazy fans can be, you know. We wake up at, like, 2 a.m. to purchase concert tickets if needed. Also, uh, if you are on Pacific time, like we are, like, literally, no one even in our country is awake by the time we're going to bed. Yeah. We're, like, the last like, to know everything. Except for Hawaii. Outside of the Hawaiian Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Hawaii. Well, I was like so excited to watch shows at night, and by the time I want to go like talk about it, it's like, it's like crickets. Out. Chirp, yeah. chirp, chirp, chirp. And then you have to like remember to like wake up at like five a.m. to try and catch. Like, try to post. Four a.m. Actually, Pacific time is like when everyone's around, and then everyone leaves by five or six. So you you catch like the American fans. Yeah, I feel but everyone like, else is gone. I feel like for for Pacific time, I get uh, 
my be- I, I want to say like my best engagement, but like actually being able to communicate with people on Twitter about mm. things. If I post at 10 o'clock at night, which means I must be hitting the other side of the world. Mm, yeah. And then 6.15 in the morning. 6.15. 6.15. I found if I want to post something and I really want to talk with people about it, it has to be at either 10 at night or 6.15 in the morning. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Like, God, we really have to time our stuff out here. <laughs> And then it's sad because I do. I'm feel like at the gym like, on the treadmill. Right like, in the afternoon, like that one to three p.m. time, it's dead. My Twitter is dead. There's totally no one dead. on. I guess everyone's sleeping or We're working. working. <laughs> yeah. And then like that early afternoon mm. is when like the American fans are done working, done with school, and so they're starting to get on. But then you know by that point, I'm like I'm still still working, trying to wrap up work. So yeah. I miss out on all that stuff. It's a tough time zone. Yeah. This it's a really is tough time zone. Hard knock life. <laughs> I'm the world's smallest violin. That's so funny. Uh, man, okay. Um, that's not the point of this podcast. <laughs> it's not. Clearly, I'm very riled up about this topic. We just wanted to complain. <laughs> Get it off our chest. <laughs> um, no, so actually, this podcast mm. is going to be a little bit different for our mm. YouTube viewers. Um, we are actually going <clears> to <throat> do this in a proper podcast style. In that we're just talking because um, this isn't going to focus on any one show in particular. It's actually going to focus on a slightly controversial topic. Mm. And um, just to make it easier on ourselves, it's probably going to be a very long video. So we're not going to bother editing it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for our podcast listeners, it's going to be great because it's probably going to actually be something that you can better follow along with while listening. um, And not have to be familiar with a particular show. Yeah. Um, so today's topic that we are talking about is actually 2023 has been like the year of BL controversies, I feel. Yeah, it's I feel just like been, there's been bam, a lot. Bam, bam. Yeah. And um, while we believe that everyone is absolutely entitled to their opinion, um, it's just a fascinating phenomenon that's happening with how fans are reacting mm. um, versus, I guess, just respecting the private lives of the actors yeah and yeah. that line that's kind of blurry of them having to create that fan service to keep that fantasy alive for yeah. the fans and yeah it's just really fascinating i feel like for me it's really interesting because um, okay when i first stumbled into the bl fandom which i should say i've been into bl for like forever but i never realized there was like live action bl going on somewhere yeah thanks COVID. yeah so uh when i first stumbled into it like of course i was kind of like oh wow like this thing that i really like has live actions right and then of course from there you start to learn like oh like there's fan service and things that go with it like there's an entire marketing scheme that goes yeah which is fascinating because in the u.s again Mm. we don't have this kind of stuff we don't so it's interesting to learn how like asia really you know knows how to sell and here in the u.s we're like well that's not fair we actually you know let the actors go home at the end of the day yeah (laughs) and there's part of me that feels like so i mean i I feel like when I'm watching things, I can recognize that, like, it's fan service. I appreciate it. It's fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I feel like I can kind of, like, recognize it and just be excited for what it is. But it is kind of really hard, I think, because um, I know I've got, like, dog hairs all over my face. We own huskies. <laughs> it's a miracle that we've been able to film anything, really. I know. One day one of us will, like, sneeze and we'll just be like, Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, um yeah. well, I was just going to say that it's, it's like this interesting concept it also makes me think of like K-pop a little bit 
where, you know, you have like this, there's almost like this fantasy world created where you have these really attractive guys that like never have a girlfriend and like you're Mm -hmm. supposed to believe that they've never dated. and Because they're waiting for me. Yeah, like it's... I mean, not necessarily, some people, but not everyone. And I feel like BL is like the same, but it twists it so that in a way, like, I mean, I feel like some people really get caught up in this sense of like, that you become in love with two people's love Mm -hmm. or what you perceive to be two people's love and relationship. And I mean, I joke all the time because I like, I love writing and I like shipping uh, with like the characters and shows and stuff like that can be so neat because sometimes there's so many things left unexplored and anyone who does fan fiction, fan art, like that's really where your creative brain can just run wild. And like, I know that feeling of like, of needing a fullness and that, yeah. that that inside of you wants to create a fullness to it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's hard, I think, when that gets superimposed on, like, a real person's life. Yeah, it's interesting because, I guess, at least within Western fandoms, um, fandoms come about because there is something about the show that isn't, or the media, whatever it's coming from, that isn't <sighs> fulfilling what we want. Yeah. And so all the creative mind types go and then they write out the stories that they want to see. They create the art of what we didn't get to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what drives fandom. And so I've noticed, like, when series end, like, wrapping up everything in a nice little bow, fandoms die out because we're satisfied. Yeah. And what's really interesting Mm. is um, with the more Asian media, they... They run the fandom. Mm. They will give you everything you want so that it sells. Like, they're making money off of this based on the um, the actors, the idols, and whatnot. And uh, it's just different because fandom, then online, the creative side is a lot smaller. Yeah. Because we're being fulfilled. And if things are popping up, it's like, oh, I happen to see them on, you know, this quote-unquote date together and... So now I'm going to write about it. Yeah. And it's less like, oh, the series didn't give me what I... It's it's less spiteful, I guess. Like, you know, we turned a fandom out of spite. But here it's just like, I've been inspired. But it's not as big of a creative drive. Yeah. I mean, I think about some of the series that have been really popular so far. Like, okay, we could say Ken Porsche, right? Ken Mm. Porsche has like a massive fandom. If you go to AO3, there's so many fan fictions. But I think it's because, yeah, there's this driving factor that there's like, Things left incomplete. More things in this world yeah, there to was explore. A lot that was like that. That series left very open ended, and yeah, it's probably never going to be continued. Let's let's be honest. Like <laughs> with everything that's going on, they're never going to finish. Like they're never going to do a part two. I don't think anyone wanted that part two. Um, based on if people want to do more, I guess they could read the books. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but what we've heard from that's been put into the novels, um, nobody wants to see any of that. Yeah, and like so it. it's like almost like, it's like a very spiteful fandom. It's like, well, we're gonna write all this instead. We're ma- we're still mad because there was no usually um, you know there's a resolution with the parents like oh uh, all's forgiven. But with this one, we're like no that what what he did was not okay. It's open, and so it's, a lot of it's left very yeah. open ended. So a lot of people. Are driving that fandom and you want to create more yeah right like fix it fix happy endings and just anything that they can and also i think there were so many characters in it I, well now i feel like we're getting a little bit well, like we're drifting out but I, I do feel like um one thing about fandom that i really i really appreciate too with some of these series is that okay sometimes fan fiction is really hard to write if there's not enough characters in a setting 
So I think that one of the cool things about Ken Porsche 2 is that there are so many characters. So you can put them in AUs and do these other worlds because you have like little people you can put into the place. But a lot of these other shows, they're very like condensed, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're tiny and they take place in like the tiny little world of college or something like that. And so, I mean, you totally could take these characters and like put them out into the real world and do other things, but you don't get like dynamics that are like necessarily fun to explore like no one's gonna take oh I shouldn't say this maybe it exists I'm sorry but I was just thinking like if I think of like my school president which I like absolutely love and Tin and Gun, who are like the sweetest best communicators like no one's gonna make one of them a dark character with like a a dark emotionally disturbed detective oh. go- you know what I mean like like there's there's just not gonna be that type it's of thing Oh, right. <laughs> but but that's not necessarily to say that that's really what everyone's after. But I just think that sometimes some shows just give you tons of things to work with. Yeah. And I feel like another yeah. good example is once shows are over, the fandoms move on. Yeah. Um, like, I'm thinking of Bad Buddy right now. A lot, like, a lot of the episodes kind of ended on cliffhangers of, like, what's going to happen next? Yeah. And I remember turning to fan fiction because so many people are like, what's going to happen next? Like, ah! And they would write what they thought was going to happen next. Yeah. And so a lot of them were like very episode based, like, Hey, this story mm-hmm. exists after this episode. Um, mm-hmm. And then once the new episode comes out, obviously it's obsolete because our theories are wrong. Yeah. And, um, but then, you know, once the series was over, that fandom really kind of slowed down. People moved on. Yeah. And it's like, it was such a popular series. Mm-hmm. And so it's so, yeah, it's like, it's so fascinating to me. It, you it know was I wrapped mean? up. Like it, it was yeah. completed, happy ending and people moved on versus Ken Porsche. It ended, but it was not like a nice, pretty bow on a package type thing. Which is like, it's like, there's a, it's bittersweet, right? Like you mm-hmm. watch things and you kind of want it to feel that way. But also I kind of think there's a beauty to things that aren't perfect because it lets fandom step in to yeah. to really like let it live on and yeah. and create new things and inspire people. I, I yeah. I it was it's so it's so interesting to me. It is. It's so and, interesting. Um, so that's how fandom exists in the Western world, at least. Yeah. Um within Eastern media, the actors are kind of expected to continue to portray mm. not necessarily the characters but the characters emotions for each other or like yeah the closeness the closeness yeah um to continue to give us something to feed off of to keep our fa- the fantasy alive yeah um to be able to keep selling i guess they do a lot of con- like the idea that the actors are doing concerts i learned that i think like <laughs> last year and that just kind of blew my mind like they're performing and it's like, I, th- I thought, like, you know, fan meets were just that. Like, you'd go, you'd meet. I wasn't too sure what else they did. Mm. But no, they're, like, putting on stage show productions yeah. for fans. And I was just like, what? Yeah, like, that's just such a <laughs> far cry from anything we'd expect here. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would love for some fandom, for some... Bring them to the U.S., please. I know it probably won't be the biggest crowd, Can but just I would do, love like, to be able to see this. A GMM TV tour. Yeah. Just, like, pack them all on a plane. <laughs> Just, like, bring them to L.A. L.A., New York, and then Chicago, I guess. Yeah. L.A., New York, Chicago, and then, I guess, Texas. You know, just make a nice little hit the major points. <laughs> I would die. Like, honestly. Uh, but, yeah, but I feel like also, so because of that, because they're keeping the fa- fantasy alive with the actors, the actors themselves are placed on pedestals by the fans. And I feel like that really makes the controversies hit a lot harder. Yeah. So that people are, it's less like, oh no, this actor made a mistake. 
you know, oh, there's probably factors that, you know, went on. It sucks. But then it's more like people are really getting up in arms. Yeah. So I guess to name a few of the controversies that have hit my ears this year, there was um, Ohm discovering his past about how he had bullied a kid. Um, a kid, I guess a fellow classmate, I should say. Mm-hmm. They're the same age, probably. Um, the whole thing with Ken Porsche and um, Build. And then there was Max came out uh, talking about his... Well, I guess he never really hit it. How he's in a serious relationship with somebody. Or Mew? Mew. Sorry, not Max. Sorry, Max. Um, Mew is in a serious relationship with somebody, but it's not golf. Yeah. And so a lot of the Mew golf fans are just, like, so upset about that. And they're really... I think, like, what's been interesting to me and kind of, like, reading people's, like, back and forth on it is that, you know, it's kind of like... One side is kind of like... um, uh, these are actors, these are their private lives, and it, it really, like, is not our business. Like, they, you know, they're in an industry, they're performing, the marketing technique is selling ships, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other side is that it's really cruel to fans that have supported them in the ship for so long to be so uncaring about the fact that people are upset that they're not dating someone they were in a series yeah. with. Yeah. And, yeah, it's like a very double-edged sword, almost. Like, obviously, you can't make both happy. And I feel like, for me, I have an easier time seeing it from both sides. Like, okay, yes, like, this is right, but we also have to take this into consideration. Because when I was much, much younger, I was a huge Miyavi fan. Mm. And, um, I mean, I still am, but not to the extent I used to be. Um, And so, for those who don't know, Miyavi is... He was a visual K, a Japanese visual K artist, uh, music singer. Um, I think now he's just J-Rock. He doesn't do the visual K stuff as much anymore. But so way back when, when social media was still shiny and new, um, he interacted with his fans a lot. Oh, he was he? always posting little messages, like, you know, like blog posts out to them and reading everyone's comments. And it was great to just feel so involved and wanted mm-hmm. and like virtually close yeah. with someone that you really like looked up to and, admi- and admired. And I distinctly remember, like, this was, like, a turning point in my life. Mm. Um, he had made this post about how he felt like his fans were his family and how great it was that he was able to really see all their messages like this mm. and not to, like, you know, wait for fan mail and whatnot. And um, and just how he's, like, you know, considers us all so close, how he loves all the fans so much, and he would tell us everything. And then literally... I don't want to say, like, it felt, it felt like next day, but I'm sure it was, like, within that week, um, it was released that he had secretly gotten married mm. to um, somebody. Was he having a baby, too? I don't remember if she was pregnant or not, mm. but it happened, like, soon after. But there were, like, photos had been released, like, from some photographer hiding in the bushes, like, taking the secret photos of their wedding. And I just remember being so devastated and not because, like, I was one of those, like, oh, he's going to marry me someday. But because he just said, like, yeah, we're so close to tell Like, I was sad because he didn't tell us, the mm-hmm. fans, like, I'm in this relationship and I'm so in love and I'm marrying her. Like, I would have been so happy for him. Like, yes, like, you've got your shit together. Like, I'm happy for you guys, too. But no, he did it completely in secret. Is it kind of hard, though, because it doesn't necessarily, like, that puts a lot of whoever this other person is then has to be ready for whatever that yeah. means for them. And, yeah. and I feel kind of like, um, 
Don't want. My, my phone is getting notifications. I'm sorry. I was like, do we need Ignore to it. You're it's covering a your problem. phone. No, but, um, um, but I was just thinking, like, I I feel like, you know, it's it, that type of a thing. Like when you're really famous and you're doing that, you know, like you have to make the decision to like both of you like it's it's a mutual yeah. decision and i mean i get that now yeah but you know back then like as a fan who's very like i was just like it actually like put me off of following him for a while mm. um so i like yeah like that just like completely broke some fangirl part of my heart that he didn't bother to include me in that and so i get it i get the fans perspective of being disillusioned by what's presented and so now like I recognize um you know that this is a job and I think um actually I saw that recently this interview by Jackson Wang um from China singer um he was doing this interview and I guess they were talking about his love life and if he had one he was like I don't because I'm so busy and you don't have Mm -hmm. time to make a proper connection and the interview was asking him like well I mean aren't like it would be weird, right? Like if you just made a sudden connection because you're you're Jackson Wang, you're a celebrity. And Jackson Wang was like, This is just a job. You know, like this isn't my entire persona, you know, like yeah. at the end of the day I still go home and like put all that aside. He's like a human being that yeah, goes back to his so- apartment <laughs> and eats ramen and watches probably right? a and silly so, TV and show. And that's something that I think a lot of like, we, we forget as fans a lot of the time that for all these actors, like, this is the job. These are expectations that are put on them. Yeah. And so they probably have a hard time hiding their secrets of their past or dealing with messy relationships or just yeah. being able to be happy. And, like, with Mew, like, he wants to share his happiness and the fact that, like, no, we're so in love that we might, you know, this might be permanent forever. Like... And then just to have the fans backlash, like, we we need to remember, like, it's it's their job. It's not, they're not, they're not obligated. Fantastical creatures who are obligated to uh, continuously cater to us for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And I think, you know, at what point, I mean, I don't know if you really think about it. So if someone is an actor, and let's say... Let's say that maybe there's maybe two sides of the issue, that there's people who are really upset because in their heart, they truly believed that Mew and Golf were like endgame in in the world, right? Okay, so we have that. And then we have other people who are maybe like you, who felt left out of something that happened, you know, like that they wish they would have known. So I think talking about the, the second one, I feel like if I'm thinking about myself, being in that type of a position it would be really difficult because i think look you're okay you're famous people think that you're like shipped with someone else um but that's just really a job that you're doing you know what i mean you start dating someone else but the thing is is like just like everyone dating you don't know if this person's gonna be the one you know what i mean like you're you're seeing each other yeah i'm thailand you're in your talking phase you're dating phase you know what I mean like you're you're fa- you're phasing through you know at what point it's like at what point does it then become you know the necessarily thing to to announce it like is it kind of like well every time they even begin to talk to someone us as fans deserve to know or okay every time they enter phase two us as fans deserve to know 
I kind of feel like for him, it seems like he waited until it got serious, which makes sense to me to mm-hmm. then step out and say, okay, something's gotten serious and I, I should probably let you guys I know. should probably say it. But I just feel like that's just normal life. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And I, yeah. I, it's just. Yeah. It's just hard to like figure out like where that line, you know should be like from a fan's perspective versus the actor's perspective versus you know their manager's perspective like yeah it's very hard to find that balance of where to keep things i feel like for me if i'm just being if i'm allowed to have an opinion absolutely not in this day and age i think that we should really realize watching this type of media that this is a job (laughs) and that there are definitely some of these couples where I have watched and I've thought, if they hooked up sometime, I wouldn't be surprised, right? Like, I've thought, I've thought that to myself. Yeah. I'll admit, too, that, like... Chemistry was pretty damn convincing. I'll admit, too, that, like, sometimes I see Moss and Bang's videos and I'm just... I'm convinced they're dating. And I'm, and I'm <laughs> like, like... I'm saying all this, like, oh, perspective, you need to take a step back. No, Moss and Bang are dating. <laughs> Exception to the rule. Exception to my own rule. Do as I do, not as I say. <laughs> but I feel like even if you have those feelings with interactions that you see... To really value that these are, like, human beings that have a job, that are living their own lives and get to make their own decisions about what they do. Mm-hmm. And that whatever decisions they make in their life, whatever they're doing in their life, to, su- to support these people as individuals pursuing their life dreams and the things that they love. And to just be kind. Yeah, be kind. And then recognize that. Things that happened in the past, a lot of these BL actors are very young. So young. They were children. Children. When events, these a lot of their events happened. Yeah. And I mean, think back to when you were children as well. Like, you probably did some dumb shit too. I know I did. I'm not sharing this on the internet because, <laughs> call. Yeah, I'll be canceled. But, you know, just like part of growing up and learning is like, you come to change your mind, growing experiences. Um so, yeah, we all make mistakes. Like, even now as a, an adult, you know, you're bound to make some mistake and then learn about it. In a few years, you can be, like, a whole new person with a new perspective. And so I think it's also important, like, um, just in past instances of bullying that come forth to light with actors that, I mean, you know, bullying is never okay, but you need to take things with a grain of salt. I think there's, yeah, there's, like, context yeah, I mean, context. But, I mean, sometimes, you know, even then with the context, it's still bad. But just recognize that they're not the same person. Yeah. You know, they've probably grown since then. And, you know, and then, you know, a lot of times, like, actors, like, scramble to try and tell the whole story. Or, like, there is no more story to tell. It was just like, yeah, that was some dumb shit I did back then. But then it's just sad that people continue to be like, well, even though that happened in the past, you still deserve to be canceled. You don't deserve your fame, your wealth, I think- all that stuff. I think there's this weird thing. I don't necessarily want to call it like weird, but I was thinking about this and I think, all right. So we've reached, like, I feel like the past decade has been this time where we're really shining light on things that I think other, like in other times maybe would have gone unnoticed. So obviously we've had like the Me Too movement and like all all of these different things. We've had, you know, obviously, I'm just uh, talking about here in America, like BLM and like all of these, these big things, trans rights, all of these really 
big things for people. And I think that what happens is um, as we're growing through this and we're going through growing pains, we end up in a place where there is no gray area. It's either black or white. And so we, it's you either... You have to stand on one side of the fence or the other one. Yeah. And so it kind of ends up being like, okay, well, there was this kid who was 13, 14, 15, who did something really, who did something really stupid and insensitive that is not, that you can't really make excuses for. You can't make excuses for, for bullying or things like that. But... I feel like for me, like we can also recognize that like high school, middle school, it's an ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And, and again, that that makes no excuse for it, but like the world is so small at that point in time. And we are all like, look, I I wish I could go back in time to when I, you know, I was a really responsible middle schooler and high schooler. Like, you know, this, I was in tons of private groups. I was competing at international levels with music and stuff like that. I was, I mean, I was really, like, on it. And I probably during that time, like, felt older than my age because I had so many responsibilities that I was balancing out along with school and stuff like that. And I think that's just the thing about life is that in our own bodies, with our own experiences, we always feel like we're so much more knowledgeable than we probably actually are, so much more capable. I think that's just humanity, right? We know what we know and we feel like, you know, we, we feel like we're in that place. And so I think that it's hard because I think when you're in your teenage years, just like when you're in any year, you feel older than you are. But I think when you get older, you realize how much more life experience yeah. is in there. <laughs> and that and that actually it's a very young, hard, weirdly malleable piece in time where you're in a little society and everything that happens within that little society, it like affects the way that you behave. I don't know. Am I, am I making sense? I kind of feel um, like... You are. I also think that while you, like, you go... Because this is a continuing problem with um, younger audiences, I guess everyone actually, but especially like the younger audiences and online bullying. Um, you step into the internet, which is a much bigger world yeah. than what you've grown up in, and you're exposed to things yeah. that you aren't typically exposed to, and this causes you to react in a way that is not okay. Um, you leave online comments that are not okay because this is something that's weird and new. Um, mm. And and you don't know any better until someone tells you otherwise. And so for some people it takes, you know, like a parent really sitting down. And sometimes if it's a comment on the internet, you know, a stranger has to say this. And if it's a stranger, you're not going to react well to a stranger trying to parent you. And so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's like I said, it's all a learning experience. And it's weird when it's like a much bigger world type learning experience versus your small community type learning experience. I guess also maybe part of what I meant that I'm kind of like weird. I feel like I'm very, it's hard for me sometimes to like speak on the point and I'm like, I speak around (laughs) it. I don't know why. Um, I think when you're, when you are in those younger ages, you are growing. Like everything around you is shaping the person that you're becoming and that you will become. And so that's why I kind of feel like people do stupid things that shouldn't necessarily be unforgivable because I don't think we need to make it black and white. So going back to to that thing, I think that 
it's okay. It's okay in life to say, this was wrong, but you were young. You've obviously done things that have shown that you're, you're, you've grown I up mean, a bit. That they, that they do show that they've grown up a bit. Like, you know, so, I'm, I mean, sure there, I'm sure there's some people who just are. I have worked, I have worked in my adult life for adult bullies and I have no, like, they didn't grow up, <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> they stayed there. But I think for a lot of, a lot of the times when I see it's these like we things. We have to work with the, the um, assumption that if this is the only instance that came to light, we're going to have to assume that's the only time it happened. Yeah. So. I, I could, and I kind of feel like when people's lives are like so much in the limelight, especially when they become famous, like if there were lots of crazy things that happened like we would know about it you know what I mean I was also gonna say I read an article this was a couple years ago I don't remember all of the details from it but I remember kind of like the overall thing I was really interested in kind of like um online bullying culture at the time Mm -hmm. because I just thought it was so weird like I I didn't I don't feel like we really saw it when we were younger the way that we see it now Mm -hmm. and it's just really fascinating And one of the things it talked about is that prior to the internet and social media and the way that we know it now, there was so much more personal interaction. And so I guess in psychology, when children are growing up, there's like um, checkpoints, emotional checkpoints Mm, that they meet. And um, usually by a certain age, the assumption is that this child has reached this emotional checkpoint, right? But they were saying that ever since social media has come out, they've noticed that it's taking longer to reach those emotional checkpoints. And part of that having to do with online bullying and whatnot is part of the ambiguity is they're saying that like in real life, if you if you go do something mean to someone, you get to witness in person the pain that it causes that person. And you're either like a sociopath, <laughs> not joking, no, no, you don't care, and you're just kind of like, I feel empowered by this, or you feel like, oh, I actually feel really bad that I, that I did that, mm-hmm. and that's, that's an emotional checkpoint, like, you're, you're learning, like, oh, that didn't feel good, right? I think there's that, and then also actual, like, personal accountability, Duh. versus, you know, throwing hateful comments at somebody online, and then having to wait a few days, and then they post, you know, like, a mm-hmm. sobbing video of, like, trying to defend themselves Mm. and um but then by that point you know you're probably you know like because you're not the only one who's throwing these comments and it's like a mob mentality there is no accountability for your actions aside from this person later on reacting and trying to not directly reacting to your comment but like trying to defend themselves which makes that which almost could make it seem like oh well they've done something wrong if they feel like they need to defend their actions Mm. or explain away their actions yeah. And then that just kind of reinforces like, oh, well, I'm in the right and dropping more of those comments. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's just it's really tough. I think in some ways, you know, I really feel for celebrities because I kind of think that it's like their entire life is put under a microscope. And if they've made like a poor decision or... um you know, they've done something bad, that it almost like completely rewrites their entire, their entire self-worth as now there being none. Mm -hmm. And I just, I feel, I guess I just, I don't know, like, I just feel like in life, people do bad things, and they get, 
in trouble for it or they have or some they get away with it and like that's that's life like it's not like the movies where there's always going to be proper accountability and but i do think that it's, it's wild it's just but i do think that people can become other people mm-hmm. so i think that one instance of doing something in middle school or high school doesn't mean that you're forever that person. Am I saying that the people affected by those those incidences have to feel that way or have to forgive or ha- you know I, I, no, not at all. I but I just kind of feel that for the most part people like people grow up. We're not always that the person that I was when I was 10 was not the person I was when I was 16, was not the person I was when I was 18, was not the person when I graduated college at 22, is definitely not the person that I am now. I you, mean, I've definitely know. changed in the last few months. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, life I, is always just a growing experience. And, you know, when you hear things about this, take a, don't immediately react. Take a moment. Think about it. And also, just be kind. Yeah. You know? I feel like I'm always kind of stuck in this boat where I, like, it's kind of odd sometimes, I guess, if I'm just kind of being really honest. I'm never one to just, like, viscerally, emotionally react to things. Like, I always feel like in life, there's more information out there that I know, that I don't know. You know, I always kind of think you have people who just go online and they post a whole bunch of text messages or something from uh, from something and it's supposed to create, like, this bad scene you know, or this bad idea of something. And in my mind, I'm kind of this like... This going back to build now. <laughs> but in... Yeah, but in my mind, I'm kind of like... It's it's like the internet. <laughs> like, everything is so... Can be so easily taken out of context. And it doesn't mean that it's not true. It doesn't mean that it's true. It just means that it's a piece of information that's there. It's and It's there designed to sway your opinion one way or another. And I don't know... And, like, for me, like, I don't know if this is, like, that I listen to a million court podcasts. Like, I don't because I'm just, like, weird that way. But, like, I, I listen to... Let me hear the defense, please. <laughs> I, I listen to so many, like, court podcasts and um, and uh, and things about people who are, like, wrongly convicted and things like that. And, and it's just so fascinating to me. And But when I see, like, I, I mean, I hear a lot of this... It's a lot of these same types of things, you know, where there's just this little piece of information that's put out there that looks like really bad, but it's like, it's like legitimately, it's just not even a full picture mm-hmm. of anything. And I feel like... And maybe not even the right on, context. On the American side of things, um, I don't know how worldwide this went, um, but with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Oh, yeah. I li- I listen you, you, li- you lived to that <laughs> whole trial she every did, like, day it was on um they would take a break well, no, i would tell my even, coworkers. even before that <laughs> happened there was like an <laughs> online movement that was steadily building mm. um where it started off with um people taking sides uh, and at first only amber heard was coming forward yeah and so a lot of people were like oh my god johnny depp you know and they were like trying to cancel johnny depp and then other and, and information that for, started coming out and then people are like you know just like taking sides and that thing. was for a couple of years it yeah took a before co- this took to trial yeah and so um it was just really interesting and then it's like listening to the trial and having all these things come to light 
and just learning how, you know, you really don't know both sides of the story until no it's idea. forced to come to light. You have no idea. And so, on my end, it's kind of fascinating with this whole build poi, ploy? I think it's P-O-I. P-O-I, poi? Poi. I don't know. Obviously, I don't, <laughs> Obviously, I don't care have... enough. I've got my own life. But yeah. um, the whole build poi thing, and it's just interesting to listen to um, because it's, it's reminding me a lot of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard fiasco yeah with how things are like coming to light taking and I just keep you know just like narcissist type behaviors and like the whole victim mentality and then just like trying to sway the fans one side one way or another yeah and um so there's all that and then just the way that Beyond Cloud kind of chose to handle it and I really weird it was weird but I also kind of get it because it's like they're trying to stay neutral while balancing two factors that they were working with yeah and like but they didn't do it as well as they probably could have and so things just got weird like it was all weird all around and um i think it's just fascinating that there's like even with the um like american fans are getting pulled into this kind of thing like Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just, I just like, I'm just watching all this and it's just wild coming. Like, this is like right on the tails of the, of our trial for Depp and Heard. And so just seeing like like, jump right back into this one. I'm like just a huge advocate of just things being fair. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's, if we, if we don't have a, like a legal system, if we don't have a way to really do discovery and evaluate those things, it's just... It's just canceling. You, you know what I mean? There's no real, like, law is what keeps us civil, <laughs> like, yeah. and that process and the procedures in it. And I think that for me, I have no idea. This is very, like, honestly, having, like, watched that trial and having followed the progression of it, this is just so similar to me. <laughs> but that being said, I don't know and I have I feel like I have opinions on like how things have played out and how they seem related like to mirror that so okay I have those but I feel like my thing is it needs to go to court it needs to go to court like we can't not like a public forum where they talk it out we can't like just I just I just feel like we can't like destroy people yeah before they have the right to speak for themselves and and i just actual unbiased type yeah i just i feel like we're all just so caught up sometimes in like fandom world or in in uh our sense of like identity right or Mm -hmm. again i'm telling you the black and white thing well if i don't support her then it shows that i don't support women right Mm -hmm. and i don't believe women and I and I feel like there's these things in there that make you feel that way. You know what I mean? That like you feel like you have to. It has to be black and white. It can't be like, well, maybe they just both had a really bad relationship. Yeah. You know, like maybe they just were really toxic together. You know, or you know, or or maybe there was like an actual victim. Like we we don't know. We don't know, but I um, feel like we can't. You just. Yeah, it, I'm just it, such a huge advocate for just being fair. I just, I don't like when people, this happens all the time with actors, whether it's like with the bullying things or all these other things happens with K-pop stars. And I just feel like, uh, it just super sucks. You know what I mean? Because people jump on this momentum in the beginning. And what if it's wrong? 
Yeah. What if it's wrong? I, I think what's interesting is how tall of a soapbox um, some fans will jump on when they pick, like, I'm, I'm on this side of the equation, you know, I'm black, I'm white, I'm, yeah. I'm on this side of the fence. And um, I just think it's really interesting how, like, the fandom will so vocally react. Like, yeah. I am totally fine with everyone having their own opinions. Totally. Um, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Yeah. But I do find it fascinating when people get very vocal and righteous in their own opinion, um, both in real life and, and in fandom as well. Like, like no, like, what you're saying over there is wrong. It's morally wrong, and, you know, you don't belong in fandom, or, like, you know, just taking a stance of belittling the other side yeah. type thing. And But it's part of this identity thing. Yeah, and I just find it really fascinating, because, and I think, all, like, in the fandom world, and it can also tie back to the fans, like, my fantasy is being disrupted, and I'm not okay with that, so I'm lashing out. Mm. Because this is my happy place. And even if your happy place is, you know, a negative place, like, it's still your place. Like, this is my safe space. You're disrupting it. You're wrong. You need to get out. Like, push that actor out. Whatever. And I just think it's really interesting how some people are very vocal about that. Despite the fact that um, within the internet, there are, I don't want to call them safety measures, but measures in place where you can buffer that stuff out without vocally attacking others. Like, you can block people, you can mute accounts, you can blacklist hashtags to keep your your fantasy space, your fandom space, your safe space, you know, its own little bubble. But instead, people seem to forget that they're able to use this technology to tailor their needs. I don't think... And their, their fandom safe space identity becomes part of lashing out at others. Yeah, I don't think that... Honestly, I don't even think it's a forget thing. I think that people really feel, like, passionate about, about being... Like, they don't want, they don't want to shy away from the fights. They, they want to, they want to be like, I'm right. (laughs) Yeah. And I just think it's interesting because, I mean, I went through an early fandom war and within, like, fictional fandoms, not this actor stuff, um, where, you know, people were, like, you know, actively, like, hunting down, doxing other creators in fandom. And it was just so wild to me because, like, they were so passionate. Like, people get really passionate. And that's really admirable that you can get so passionate about something. Whereas me, I'm like, I've got bills to pay. I need to put food on my table. It's fiction. I don't got time for this. Um, (laughs) But so, yeah, no, to see people get so inflamed and so passionate and, like, to the point where they are just, like, chasing down someone to make sure they get out of this space. And, And I just remember thinking, like, why can't you put your energy towards, like, politics and make the whole world a better place rather there's than this a, tiny little corner that doesn't ultimately matter there's because a lo- it's a fiction. Lot of, a lot of people like that in politics, too. Yeah, and <laughs> it, it's just, it's just, it was just really interesting to me because at, at the time, I think hmm. Trump was, you know, president. Like, you know, there's always something going on within yeah. politics. And it's like, put that energy and do some real good in the world where you actually, at the end of the day, feel good about yourself and not that hollow internet feeling. That you get when you put aside your phone and get off social media and you're like, yeah, that was great. But now, like, you know, do something that makes a real difference. And so, um, yeah, I do feel like interesting. It's just interesting because like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I love I love 
BL. I love the BL fandoms. I love being excited for things each week and stuff like that. And I love watching everything and I love feeling inspired to write things. Like I, I really, I really do feel like I, I love that. But I just, I think I eye candy. Yeah. <laughs> I think though that um, I've never really been. Uh, I guess maybe think of how to explain this. I obviously participate like the majority of my life is participating in in this stuff right if I'm not like doing language stuff or like working out (laughs) but that being said I just a lot of the times when this stuff happens I realize that I'm really not as deep as you think you are into this stuff yeah because I just kind of feel like when stuff comes out about actors I'm just kind of like oh and then yeah or yeah and then you know or you know or things like this come out like oh I wonder how that'll be resolved and like what'll come up of it and I I just I feel like it's it's just so I guess in some ass like in some ways it's just it's like you you learn these little interesting tidbits that are happening you're like oh but then like I don't feel close like I yeah, recognize it on sh- some it level, shake you up to the point of needing to take a stance. And like I, I like, I love certain actors. Like I like I love them, you know. And I love watching them. But like I guess there's still this like part of me inside my mind that recognizes this is just like a human somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's not like that internet feeling where you're like swimming in content, and maybe you feel like you know this person, or maybe you feel like you have to be their their guardian angel or something online like I I don't know I've just I've never felt that before also I should say this uh is that I do think that certain actors when they're together they're like really funny and interact like funny to watch interact like I still say I'll say like Fort and Pete are so funny to watch interact (laughs) because (laughs) they're like they're I don't know their personalities are so opposite it feels like so it's just it's funny but, like, I've never actually, I've, like we were talking about this before, I've never actually really, like, shipped, like, real, real people. So I, like, ship characters from stories and things like that, and I guess, you know, teach their own. But I've never quite done that. So I think also when stuff like this happens, I also don't really feel impacted. Mm. I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've never quite, I've just never quite had that. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we're taking, like, a very, almost like an outsider's type perspective, considering we're not as deeply involved as or deeply passionate i guess as some fans can be it's like i feel like i'm passionate but i just have never gone to that level yeah like oh i guess not yeah so but yeah so since since i guess like just overall i feel like as fans we just need to remember to be kind our experience online is what we make of it um i do remember there was one fan I used to follow on one of the platforms. I don't remember which one, but they were always complaining about how fandom was so negative, mm. and and that, and that does exist, yes. Yeah. Um, but then you know, for me, like if I see negative things, I'll, I'll block them. I I want to keep my fandoms like fandom mm-hmm. is my escape. I want to keep it positive. My life is hard enough with without dealing with that there too, and um, but I do remember like this one particular fan, like while they were complaining about things being negative, they were also dropping like comments and opinions that were part of the problem yeah and so it's fascinating how like they complained about it but they didn't see within themselves that they were kind of adding to that and probably because you know you're just reacting to something and then dropping 
you know, your opinion about it and moving on, but that kind of fuels the fire yourself yeah. without realizing it. Yeah. And so I've made strides since the great fandom go down of, you know, whatever year. Um, to really just kind of, like, distance myself and, like, you know, keep things positive. Because yeah, my social media spaces are totally positive. I feel like... the like second I see someone, you know, like, <laughs> bye, sorry. Yeah. Also kind of like our content, too. I think even if we may hear things and we may have certain, like, yeah, opinions about and things... And sometimes it's a lot to not make an opinion. Like, yeah. there will be times where I will sit there and I'll be like, oh, yeah. And then I really have to sit there and I'm just like, don't post that. I know you want to so bad. But, but don't. Do you, but do you want to deal with the repercussions of if someone actually talks back? And also, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Cause, it just doesn't I mean, matter. I, you <laughs> know, within 24 hours, you're forgotten, you've moved on. And, yeah, so it's just... Yeah. It's just, like, one of those things where you really have to not police others, but, like, police yourself. Yeah. Like, to, like, what take it, a moment and really step back and be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe some, I, I don't know, for me, it's kind of like, what is the purpose of social media for me? Mm-hmm. And for me, the purpose is to just have fun. Like, just have fun, follow these things, be excited about things, be inspired, share in similar hobbies and interests as other people, you know? And it's not, it's not really to like trek through the wildfires that like <laughs> exist. Yeah, I think. And for some people, yeah. maybe that is what they want to trek through. Like they flourish on the rumors and gossip and well, because you drama. know, like it's weird, but but if that's like sometimes, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like sometimes, so I feel like for me, like I'm a very like glass half full like optimistic person and so I kind of even though I I do come across things I'm like "Mm, you know and I I might you know I don't know I kind of feel like there is a sense of um look like the thing about social media is engagement right Mm -hmm. so if you're posting negative things and you're getting a lot of engagement that's still triggering serotonin yeah that's like what positive feedback yeah negative comments yeah and And so yeah that is a serotonin trend and I, I and I think like sometimes it's like important to kind of recognize that that yeah. that like yeah it's making you feel good but, in the like, moment but like yeah it's like one of those yeah. things like it's like as a fan like sometimes you really need to step back and just like self reflect and be like like why am I miserable when you know I'm doing all the things doing I love all, doing all the things I love <laughs> yeah. yeah and and it's hard it's hard to trace that back sometimes it is. Um, so yeah, yeah it's just it's it's hard being a fan. It's you know, tough. like, you want it to be your safe, happy zone, and it's not always going to be your safe, happy zone, especially if an actor, you know, messes up, because they're human, and it sucks. And then you have to go through your... Which, because then, like, yeah, like, me with Miyavi, like, he did this, and this happened, and it really, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to say it was a mistake on his part, but it was more a mistake on my part to, like, fall so deeply into the fantasy, mm. but then, you know, I really had to, like, take a step back and just, like, kind of self-reflect, like this isn't his fault. I got too involved. Yeah. And, you know, I, I got burned for it. And, you know, for me, emotionally, like, that wasn't fair. But, um, you know, it's just, it, it happened. It's not my fault. It's not his fault. It's just circumstances being what they were, that's what happened. Can I ask a personal question? Yes. Why, with Miyavi, did you feel like it was so important that you were included in that? Was it 
because you were just a really big fan of his music or were just out of curiosity were you at like a time in your life where like it was feeling like it was giving you purpose I mean probably a little bit of both I think um it was also the build-up of the illusion that the fans were so important to Mm -hmm. him and like his family yeah um and those were like his words and so I kind of fell into the belief of like oh we are that important to him Mm. and so to have that kind of be turned around and then finding out like he didn't even be like oh yeah like even if like a by the way I'm getting married tomorrow that would have been a shock but ultimately like that warning like oh yay congratulations versus like finding out from uh paparazzi Mm. like and I think it just kind of like I think it was like the the shock that we were lied to mm. in that sense. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a lie. You know, I, I do know in Japan they have different rules for their celebrities in terms of what the fans get to see. Yeah. Um, I like, and I think like the fan clubs technically, I don't know if this was how it was back then, but I think today like the fan clubs are the only ones who get access to mm. the photos and whatnot so, so that like they can't share things outside it's like of very that. Controlled it's a very controlled environment mm. of feeding the fans the fantasy. Um, but yeah, I think it was like just the shock that we were lied to after being told all these things Mm. that really kind of shook me in my little fandom core. And, um, so yeah, I guess like the shock factor, I guess like almost like a betrayal kind of thing. And, um, so I just have this like running thought right now that ever since social media had kind of become as big as it's become that identity has become really important to people Mm -hmm. and that most of the decisions that we make are kind of based on how we either perceive our own identity or how we want other people to perceive our identities anyway so I was just thinking um in terms of that that maybe sometimes when people are really really involved with things that they like doesn't necessarily have to be BL it could be sports you know anything like that that um you know it like impacts what you perceive to be your identity and your identity by default, your community. So someone in sports, if there's a referee that makes a bad call, you know, you feel like it's, Oh, you know, I actually, um, I read this the other day and I wish I could remember the name of it. There's okay. I was looking up why we're talking about sports at work. Sorry. And I was looking up like why sports fans get so violent. Like, you know, like, I don't know. And I did, I learned a couple things. Like, one, I guess, psychologically, they've kind of discovered that um, it triggers a testosterone burst or something like that, so okay. which can make aggression, like, higher. But they were also talking about um, a psychological thing called, like, mirroring. And that when you're watching something that's really engaging to you, in this case it was sports, but when you're watching something that's really engaging to you, you become the person participating. So you're living vicariously okay. through that. So when they're winning, you feel like it's your win. You're, you're, you're involved in that. Mm-hmm. And so I've been thinking about the way that these types of things probably tie into each other. And that if we're watching BL all the time and we're watching the same actors all the time and we're getting really excited and really invested in these shows, their wins are our wins. So they're like getting into this relationship and it's not like we feel like we're... We're living vicariously through those feelings that are being made, right? But that that also could contribute to how hurt people are when things happen. Is yeah. is because this mirroring psychology that's like happening 
is being fractured. Yeah. Right? Anyways, I don't know. It's really fascinating. And it fascinating. could also be, like... We need, like, a psychologist guest. Yeah. <laughs> psychology of fandom. I, I, I read a lot, I'm, but there's I'm not a psychologist. There's probably many dissertations being written about that <laughs> yeah. right now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, mm. it, it could also just be tied into, also, like, the fans being betrayed that they're finding out from a third-party source of mm. things happening versus the celebrity coming forward first to be like, hey, just let you know, like, yeah. this happened... Versus, like, the celebrity having to react to the fans' inspiration. The dog hair. Okay. All right. But on that note, we should probably um, get around to wrapping things up because Ah. it's been an hour. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to us talk. Honestly, we were just uh, thinking that it would be interesting to kind of talk about controversies that were going on. And fandom's reactions to them. Yeah. Just because I think that in reality there's a lot going on and as we've said totally everyone's entitled to feel the way that you feel everyone has different life experiences and certain things that certain people do are going to trigger different emotions emotions and i think that that's totally valid it's totally valid um i think that just from our perspective kind of looking out we just truly believe in promoting kindness and fairness um, and sometimes it takes a little bit stepping back and which isn't easy, which is hard. <laughs> it's really hard, but stepping back and, and taking in like a worldview and it doesn't necessarily mean your opinion will change and it doesn't need that your opinion needs to change. It doesn't even necessarily mean that you need to do it, but I think that kindness, compassion, stepping back, they can go a really long way to helping remind us that these are just human beings and that we ourselves are just human beings who also make mistakes and grow up and have regrets and that that is life we're never going to meet someone who's (laughs) i'm sorry my dog is on my blanket that she's not allowed to believe she's nesting (laughs) um but we're never no one is ever going to be able to be perfect it's just you know and and the mistakes that people make in their lives are all varying and all different, but none of us, none of us are perfect. Yeah. 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 But that's it. (laughs) Um, But anyways, if you guys, uh, thanks so much for listening. But if you have an opinion, please don't hesitate to share it. Yeah, (laughs) please don't. I feel like we're, we're game. I get very excited when we get comments. I'm like, oh, someone actually watched or listened. Hey, we do. Someone cares. And I also think, you know, of course, uh, follow us on uh, Twitter. Of course, we have our podcast. We have our YouTube channel. And um, we have a giveaway coming up. We do have a giveaway coming up. We'll be posting about that soon. So it's probably important. On YouTube. On YouTube. YouTube only. YouTube. <laughs> we want followers on YouTube. <laughs> We're really happy about our 15, maybe 16. <laughs> <laughs> but Please don't leave. <laughs> We're trying to accumulate. But, um, yes, we'll be doing a giveaway. That'll be really exciting. Uh, There are so many things we have to give away that we're still deciding what our first giveaway thing is going to be. But but they're all good. So don't worry. There's exciting stuff awaiting. And apart from that, um, if you would also... So obviously there's our Banakama Twitters and then there's our our standalone Twitters. Sorry. Friendship. Friendship. Banakama is the name of our um, online shop. Online BL shop. <laughs> yeah. We have cute stuff. Go visit on Etsy. But uh, yeah, sorry. Friendship, our individual ones, we are serious about how we are very intent on creating really positive 
positive blogs. Like, they're just fun. We are, will not participate in drama. Fun fandom stuff only. We are just <laughs> we are just out there for fun. No drama, so Unless you... it's, like, part of the show. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be dramatic with that. But, but, yeah. So, if you are looking for... Hashtag cancel hot wave. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you guys are looking for... You know, looking for that. Feel free, come follow us. Yes, we follow back. <laughs> she follows back. Oh, <laughs> I do. I'm terrible about that. <laughs> if I have 51 followers, there's a reason why I'm so low in followers. You're so funny. I'm so picky. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we love you guys. I hope everyone's having a really good week, weekend, wherever you're at. Um, until next time. Bye. Bye.